Welcome to the podcast for Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Mackenzie campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. Hey, I'm really excited about what God is doing in our, uh, in our next generation. Exciting to hear the way uh, Morris is just passing the baton on his leadership to uh, the next generation. Been praying with Morris for that over 10 years. But uh, as we look around our younger generations at Gateway, I'm really excited by what God is doing. You know, a couple of weeks' time, uh, we've got 400 kids coming here for Kids Takeover. 100 uh, young leaders going to share the gospel with them. Same thing down at all. Mo and Logan, they're joining down together down there for, for KTO. And uh, just over the weekend on Friday, actually, I was up at Mount Tambourine. And you think it's cold here this morning. It was cold at Mount Tambourine on Friday morning for our GMS retreat, uh, Gateway Ministry School coming together, a bunch of leaders of all ages, actually. But there's a big group of young leaders there just hungry for God, hungry to be part of what God is doing in uh, the church and around the world in this season. It did my heart good to actually hang out with them and to pray with them and to uh, just see the hunger in their hearts. Why don't we today just put our hands together and thank God for what he's doing in the young generation uh, right across our church in all our campuses. And let's pray today that God would put a fire, the fire of his Holy Spirit within us. God, we do is come before you this morning. We say... We're ready, God. We're ready for you to move in our hearts. We want your Holy Spirit fire within us. God, come and warm us up, not just physically, but spiritually. God, would you put a fire in us for the gospel, a fire in us for for prayer and, and for your presence. God, a fire in us to see lost and broken and lonely people get saved and their eternities changed. God, come and move amongst us today, I pray in Jesus' name. I believe we are living in a uh, significant moment in church history in in our nation. We've just gone through a global pandemic together. We do have a generation. If you just turn the TV on and look what's happening, you know, with the younger generation in our community, we've got a younger generation more confused about their identity and their sexuality than ever before. We have a a growing antagonism towards the church. In my 28 years in, in ministry, I've never seen such an antagonism towards the church and the exclusive message of the gospel being the only power for salvation. There is a strong push, you know, against Jesus being the only way, the only truth, the only life. But at the same time, while this is going on, there's also a growing awareness that science and money can't solve all of our problems. And so there are many who have bowed down to false idols over the years. I think COVID has kind of helped us to see or accelerated us seeing that science and money can't solve all our problems. And so there's a community out there just riddled with anxiety, people feeling hopeless, people seeing the world as, as, as being bleak. And so there's a bunch of ways that as a church we can respond What we could do is just stick our head in the sand and pretend it's not happening, right? We could shrink back. You know, we could just shrink back and survive. We could just pray that Jesus will come again soon and we'll all go to heaven and everything will be all right and we'll just kind of shrink back. We won't stick our necks out and be part of his mission in the world when it can be a little unpopular. We'll just shrink back and survive, Or we could water down the gospel to make it more palatable to the people who are listening. And you don't need me to tell you this, that there are churches, you know, around the nation today that are doing that. But when you water down the gospel, the gospel loses all of its power. I think the reason that we're in the room here today is because we know there's a different way to respond. We can seize this opportunity to shine a bright light on Jesus as the way, the truth, the life. 
You know, I, I believe that there has never been a greater opportunity for evangelism in our nation and the nations of the world than what we are in right now. There is a world out there searching for hope, you know, searching for, for light and love, you know, searching, you know, for a way through the mess that they've found themselves in. Now, I'm not saying that this time that we're living in right now in our history and our church history in this nation is quite as significant as the moment in Acts chapter 13 that I'm going to read in just a minute. But it's these two simple verses in Acts chapter 13, just a simple couple of verses describing a moment in church history that have actually really ministered to me this year. They've actually put faith in my heart this year and, and given me, you know, I think some, some vision of what God is wanting to do in this season. Acts chapter 13 is actually 15 years since the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's 15 years since Jesus took his first followers onto the side of the hill and he says, when my spirit comes upon you in power, then you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But in that 15 years, they had taken the gospel into Jerusalem. The church in Jerusalem is growing into Judea and Samaria. And there's a couple of isolated incidents, mainly through persecution, that has actually taken the gospel a little further afield. But the church at this point, 15 years after Jesus says, take the gospel to the ends of the earth, the church has done nothing intentional to cross the sea with the gospel. The church has done nothing intentional to take the gospel to people that have never, ever heard it before until this moment in Acts chapter 13. Just turn with me to verse 2 in your Bible. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting... Everyone say fasting. Just say it a bit louder, just so if I know you like it or not. Fasting. fasting. While they're worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they'd fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. Now one of the little reminders and challenges in this passage for me is that God speaks when his people get hungry. God speaks when his people get hungry. It says, while they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Right? When they were actually putting aside one of their you know, strongest human appetites, one of the, the strongest you know, appetites of, of their flesh, they actually heard the voice of the Holy Spirit. And throughout history, the last 2,000 years, Jesus has called his followers, he's called the church to, to fast and to pray, to actually put aside one of our strongest human appetites to actually become more aware of what he's saying to us in the spirit, of what his spirit is saying to us, to become more spiritually aware. And this moment, this moment in church history, as they're worshipping the Lord and fasting, God speaks, and they actually see the greatest gospel breakthrough since Pentecost in this moment. This is a significant moment in church history. And I believe it is in our history. Church in Australia has become pretty clever you know, we've got a whole bunch of clever things. Some of them you see on stage right now. We've got websites. We've got social media platforms. You know, we've got great ways of getting the gospel out there. Let me say it really clearly. We need all those things. They're all good things. If we're going to reach a broken world, we're going to reach a world that's far from God, we need things like Gateway Online. You know, we, we need to get the gospel out there by every means possible. But I'm absolutely convinced, and I want us to get convinced together today, that doing better what we already do well will not bring revival in our nation. Doing better 
What we already do well will not bring revival in our nation. God is calling us like the church in Antioch, which is just a normal local church like us. God is calling his church to get on our knees and to fast and to pray, to get hungry for a breakthrough, to actually become spiritually aware of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. If we are going to see a mighty outpouring of God, God's spirit in our nation, to see a great gospel breakthrough in our nation and beyond. God is calling us to fast and to pray. Ministry before the Lord comes before ministry for the Lord. He's calling us to cry out to him, to hear his voice and to see a breakthrough that only he can bring. Many of you have heard me tell this story before. When when I got to Bible college, grown up in the church, I had no concept that fasting was something that God was calling his people to continue to do until he comes again. I had no concept that it was a spiritual discipline that we were supposed to practice. I'd done the 40-hour famine once, and I'd ate about 3,000 barley sugars in those 40 hours. That was my only experience of fasting. You know, I got to to Bible college and I started to read, you know, about times in church history where for hundreds of years the church would fast two days a week, every week, crying out to God together. I began to read about guys like Wesley and seeing great awakenings and seeing the beginnings of that is is before the gospel proclamation came. There, There was a hunger for the presence of God. There was a crying out to the Lord in prayer and fasting. And I'd started sharing the gospel in schools. I was 22 years old, just had this passion to see young people come to know Jesus, but I wasn't seeing much fruit. And I got hungry to see it happen. And so I decided to have a go at fasting. And so I went on a three-day spiritual retreat of prayer and fasting. I was staying, my parents used to have a little uh, house on the lake on the central coast of New South Wales. We've been going there as, uh, as, since we were kids. And there was this little possum that used to run down onto the handrail and we'd hand feed it as kids. I'm telling you, night two of this prayer and fasting retreat, that possum was in grave danger. I was starving. I, I, could, I could see that possum just rotisserating over an open fire, basted in oil and garlic. I was going to eat the thing whole. I just wanted to get my hands on it and eat it. My body was eating itself. I was hungry. My, my very spiritual prayer time went like this. God, I want steak. God, I want roast potatoes. God, I want cheesecake. God, I want a Tim Tam. But God, I want you more. But God, I want you more. And it was the first breakthrough I'd ever seen as I'd fasted in my life. God broke through in my life that night. It wasn't that God was in heaven going, oh, look at Jason, he's been a good boy, he's going hungry for me, I'll give him what he wants. That was not what happened. But God's spirit broke through into my heart For the first time in my life, I truly believed that the gospel had power. I truly believed that the gospel was the only power for salvation. And it was a power for salvation for absolutely anyone who believed. And I actually started to believe for the first time in my life that every time I opened my mouth to share the gospel, God was powerfully at work by his spirit, drawing people to himself. I just started to share the gospel differently. It's not that the gospel grew any more power than it already had. I just started to believe it had power. I started to share the gospel differently, and I saw a breakthrough. I started to see people come to faith. God brings breakthrough. God speaks when his people get hungry. And I've seen that happen throughout my life. And I I should fast more often. I still find it very, very difficult. I love food. Other than sex, I think food is one of the greatest things that God's ever created. I don't want to go without either of them. And some of you are thinking, that's a bit creepy. What are the only two things God talks about in the Bible fasting? Two things in the whole of the Bible. Have a guess. Food and sex. 
I'm not going to talk about fasting sex this morning. I'm just going to talk about fasting food. Tim's going to unpack that tonight at our 6 p.m. service. But fast forward. Fast forward to 2017. And as a church, we were fasting and praying. We planted one church in 84 years. And we believe God was calling us to plant more churches. And some of you are here. We had a week of prayer and fasting in 2017. One of the things we were crying out for was, God, you know, we want to see more churches planted for more people in more places to hear uh, the good news. And I, I remember during that week, we had some prayer meetings up in the loft and in here, and there was four key words that God really spoke to me particularly in that time. One, Gateway is going to have twins. God is going to open bifold doors. God is going to open doors to the east and the west, and he's going to give you keys to open those doors. You know, God, God is, uh, is calling Gateway to plant to the east and to the west. And at that point in time, we kind of had a heart to plant in the Redlands and plant in Logan. We had no money. We had no place. We didn't know how it was going to happen, but God brought breakthrough in that season. God began to unlock some doors. I remember Mick Chalmers, who was here at our 8 o'clock service, came to faith here at, at Gateway a few years before. He was working for the YMCA down in Redlands. And he, he said to me, you know, we've got this old basketball court that's not being used uh, down at the YMCA. Uh, do you want to come and have a look to see if it's a place where you might want to plant a campus? And so we went down, we walked through the door down there, and it was just a uh, pretty cold old basketball court. And we'd looked at lots and lots of places before then. As soon as we walked in the door, we just knew this was it. This is where God was calling us to, uh, to go. And a few months later, out of the, the sacrifice of many, you know, we opened the doors on a new worship space. And it's a great space for ministry down at Redlands. But what we didn't understand until a little bit later was that that bit of land that we currently have Gateway Redlands on, was donated by a Christian man 30-something years earlier who had a tomato farm on that bit of property. And God had given him a vision to actually donate that property to build a basketball court where kids would come and enjoy sport and hear the gospel. And he used a great sacrifice. He used to fly people in to come and share the gospel and teach kids to play basketball. And his grandson was coming to our church at this time and had no idea all of this was happening. And Matt told me the story. He remembers them gathering on that piece of land as a church and praying over that piece of land that this would be a place where young people come to know Jesus. 30 years later, God was still listening to that prayer. God was still honouring that prayer. God was still bringing breakthrough. We, we actually saw at, in October last year, baptised 16 young people in one day down at Gateway Redlands. God breaking through into people's lives. God brings breakthrough. God speaks when his people get hungry. And God had said, you're going to open doors to the right and to the left. You're going to, Gateway's going to have twins. There's going to be bifold doors that open. Churches get planted to the east and the west. And God had put in our heart a, uh, a passion to plant a, a Church in, in Logan, a multicultural, multi-generational church. We just knew that the nations were coming to Logan. And we wanted to be a church that just welcomed the nations in. And with no money in the bank and no idea how it was going to happen. After that time of prayer and fasting, a pastor from Logan who I'd never met before rang me and said, we've just had a members meeting to give me permission to come to you and say, would you let us become Gateway Logan? Blew me away. Didn't see it coming. And we went down there and we opened the doors on a property that needed a lot of work and there was 18 people left in the church and they were all mostly older. And we began, continued to pray and many gave generously and sacrificed. And once again, we opened the doors on another campus. After planting one church in 84 years, we planted the next two in three months. And God has answered those prayers. 
So many people have come to know Jesus and people from all nations and all different backgrounds have stood in that baptistry and gave testimony of the way that Jesus has set me free. People that have come out of prison, people who have come from different faith backgrounds, people that have come from different parts of the world have come and have walked through these doors and Jesus has set them free for all eternity. Can we just put your hands together and say thank you, Jesus. God speaks when his people get hungry. God brings breakthrough when his people get hungry. I just want to ask you this morning, what's the breakthrough you're hungry for? It's not rhetorical. I want a couple of you just to yell it out. If you're online, I want you to type it in the chat. What is the breakthrough? that you're hungry for. It might be a breakthrough in your own life. It might be a breakthrough in your family. It might be a breakthrough in this community, in this nation, in the church, in this nation. It might be a breakthrough in other nations of the world. But come on, in one sentence, what are you hungry for God to break through and do? A couple of people just yell out. Come on. I'm going to be patient this morning. I'm going to wait till I hear it. Prodigals come home. Come on, just show of hands if you've, you're hungry to see some prodigals come home. Come on, put your hands up high and say, I'm hungry for that to happen. Awesome. What else? What are you hungry for? What's the breakthrough you're hungry for? Blooms around the world. Blooms around the world. That had to be Ruth. But I don't think it's only Ruth. Who's hungry to see girls rescued from trafficking get see, get set free right around the world? That's been an important part of our journey over the more people to know Jesus, your brothers to know Jesus. Whose heart is it to see more people? Who's hungry to see more people come to know Jesus? Come on, we could keep going. And I want you to just let that prayer in your heart kind of well up this morning. Just a prayer in your heart, well up. Say, God, I'm hungry. God, I'm actually willing to fast and to pray until I see it happen. I want to become more spiritually sensitive. I want to become more aware of what you're saying. I want a moment like Acts 13 where the Holy Spirit said, and I set off with faith in my heart, believing for a breakthrough. God speaks when his people get hungry. It says, while they're worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me. Barnabas and Saul. And God sets apart people for great moves of his spirit. Only God can change a person's heart. Only God can change someone's eternal destiny. But before every great move of God, God has set apart people to be part of that great move. Joshua chapter 1. They've been wandering in the wilderness. God says, I'm going to do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves. Set yourselves apart. Wash yourself in the river because I'm going to make that river stand still. I'm going to do amazing things among you. They were set apart and they walked across that dry ground and God did something amazing. It was a great move of God. Joshua chapter 6, just a few months later, they're about to take on their, their first big battle of Jericho. And, and God says, before I give you strength, I'm going to make you weak. And he says, oh, I want you to be set apart. I want you to circumcise every male that's not been circumcised while you've been in the wilderness. And this word set apart, it, it actually means literally to cut off. It means to separate. It means to be distinct, to be holy, to be different, to be set apart. And that was the way God was calling them to be set apart. Back, back then, they did set themselves apart, and they saw God move in incredible power. Fast forward to the New Testament, Acts chapter 2. And, and Jesus says, don't do anything till my Holy Spirit comes upon you and makes you holy and gives you power. And then you'll have power to be my witnesses, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit came on that little gaggle of about, you know, 70 or 100, 120 believers. The Holy Spirit came upon them in power. And those who lacked courage just weeks before had incredible boldness to share the gospel. They saw a great move of God, the church of Jesus. Jesus Christ was burst. 3,000 people were added to their number in one day. Fast forward to Acts chapter 6. 
The church is growing in Jerusalem. The disciples can't do all of the ministry. And God says, set apart for me seven leaders, full of faith, full of the Spirit, full of wisdom. And they set them apart by laying on of hands to enable the church to continue to grow and the Spirit to keep moving you know, beyond where they'd gone before. And then in Acts chapter 13, when, when the, the gospel had gone to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, God says, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas to the work to which I've called them. They lay hands on them and they sent them off with the gospel. And they saw an incredible move of God. The gospel had never gone beyond the Mediterranean before, before beyond the east coast of the Mediterranean. And now the gospel would go to places that had never heard the gospel before. Churches would be planted where there'd never been a church before. 13 of the 29 books of the New Testament got written because of this moment. It's happened before. It can happen again. Before every great move of God, God sets apart people. And I believe he's speaking to every single one of us in this season. He's setting us apart for the work to which he has called us. Great move of God's spirit throughout this nation and into the nations. You know, sometimes we are not set apart and serving in his power because there's some things that we haven't broken off of our lives. Hebrews chapter 12, it says, throw off the sin that so easily entangles. Throw off that, you know, which is, is kind of holding you back and run the race that I've, that I've called you to. Some of us, we're not set apart and serving in power like, like we've seen in the past because there's some things that are holding us back that have got to be broken off. So, some of us are not set, in a, not set apart and serving in power because we've given up too soon on the word that God's spoken over us. You know, he says, set apart for me Saul and Barnabas for the work to which I've called them. What was Saul called to? To be a light to the Gentiles. When he, when he met the risen Jesus, when he was converted on the road to Damascus, right that very moment, Jesus said, you're to be a light to the Gentiles. You're to take the gospel to people who haven't heard it before. When was that? It was the year 36. When is this? The year 48. Twelve years later. There was a calling that came 12 years earlier. But he didn't really get to see the fulfillment of it until 12 years later. And I wonder if some of us have given up on being part of the gospel movement in this nation and beyond because it hasn't happened as quickly as we'd like it to. And some of us, I think, are not set apart to serve in power because we've not stepped into a place where we've needed God's power. We're just kind of sitting back and just waiting for the magic to happen. And when it happens, then I'll be part of it. Saul and Barnabas only saw a great move of God. They only saw the gospel, you know, go throughout the Roman Empire. They only saw the church, be, you know, Christianity become the dominant religion of the Roman Empire in the next 250 years because they took a step of faith. They stepped into a place that was uncomfortable. They stepped into a place where they had nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of us are not set apart and serving in great power because we've stayed in a place where we don't need it. And I say there's some of us here today. I talked right at the start about, you know, a nation that's just struggling with fear and anxiety. And I think that's true for many of us today. And it can easily happen when we, we set our minds and our hearts not on things above but we set our minds and our hearts on the box in front of us, whether it's a computer box or a TV box. If we spend more time watching the news than setting our mind on things above, we will easily get crippled by fear and anxiety and hopelessness. That's why in Colossians 3, you know, God says, set your mind on, sorry, set your heart on things above where Christ is seated on his throne and set your minds 
on things above, not on earthly things that will distract you. Some of us here, if we're to be set apart, and I believe we're all called to be set apart, actually need to set our hearts and our minds on things above, not on what is right in front of us, if we're going to be part of seeing a great move of God in this season. After they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. They sent them off. Put your hands up if you've ever been sent off the sporting field. Come on, put your hands up. Be honest. There's a couple. Come on, who else? There's a few. I'm glad I'm not the only one. I've got some friends here. 2004, I arrived at uh, Gateway from Sydney, played rugby all of my life, but got here and the Lions had just won three seasons in a row. Everyone in Brisbane wanted to play Aussie Rules. And so got here to Gateway as a young adults pastor, got a call one Friday night from a guy who played for one of the local Aussie Rules teams and said, our reserve grade team is short tomorrow. You reckon you could get five guys from Gateway to come along and make up the number so we can field a team. I never played the game, knew nothing about the game. I said, sure. And we got a five of us together and we went along and played at some, out at Kenmore, I think, some local ground and turned up, walked into the sheds and the coach said to me, what position do you play? And I said, second row. And it should, have been, it should have been an indicator, you know, right then that I had no idea, you know, what I was doing. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. And uh, every time I went to pick up the ball, Someone bumped me out of the way. And the ref did nothing. Playing rugby, you got to pick up the ball. You haven't got the ball yet. No one's allowed to touch you. I thought, this is unfair. This is unjust. And it was happening all game. Now, halfway through the fourth quarter, I'm just about to pick up the ball and I can actually see the goals in sight. And I thought, you beauty, I'm going to get this ball and I'm going to kick a goal. And once again, this little bloke just came and barreled me out of the way. And I was thinking, I've had enough of this. And I noticed the, the umpire was miles down the other end of the field. And so I just gave him a little love tap on the chin. Unfortunately, the other umpire, I forgot there was two in Aussie Rules, standing right behind me, blew his whistle, sent me straight off. Five guys from Gateway laughing uncontrollably on the field. I swore them to secrecy. I said, don't tell anyone. I'm going to get kicked out of the Baptist Union for sure. I've only just arrived. Well, now I'm the leader of the Baptist Union and no one's going (laughs) to... Kick me out. You see, when I got sent off, I had to sit in this little white square. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything. I was imprisoned. But when you get sent off by the Holy Spirit, it's the exact opposite. He actually gets sent off to set people free from prison. You get sent off in the power of the Holy Spirit to set people free from oppression, to set people free from slavery, to set people free from sin and shame. We're all sent somewhere, you know, to reach someone with the good news. This moment in time, Saul and Barnabas were sent off on a boat across the sea to reach people that were oppressed by sin and shame and slavery and oppression. And it's such a privilege here at Gateway to continue that same ministry that began all those years ago at Antioch. You've heard the story of Morris this morning. 45 years ago, he was sent off across the Bengal Sea to actually share the good news of Jesus in one of the poorest and darkest nations of this world. And for 45 years, he's faithfully served. He's faithfully cared for the poor and shared the, the good news of Jesus in a nation, you know, where literally millions are living in the prison of poverty. There are now pockets of people around the nation, people like the lady we saw on the screen before, part of a savings group, can now actually send her kids to school. And this is the really cool thing. 
grew up in a culture where God was distant. She was not allowed to read Holy Scriptures. She now has the Holy Scriptures in her mother tongue. She's come to know Jesus, the living one. Her eternal destiny has changed and she has joy and hope today and forevermore. Why? Because someone was willing to do what Saul and Barnabas did all those years ago. Make the sacrifice, get sent across the sea to share good news, to set people free. And we've all played a part in that. We've all got to support people like Morris. 28 years ago, Lyndall Brunner went across the Timor Sea to Thailand in a nation where 380,000 kids have become AIDS orphans. Lyndall has spent her life. I think Lyndall's online today. Great to have you on Gateway Online. You're one of our regulars on Gateway Online. We just love, that's one of the reasons we love Gateway Online is because people like you, Lyndall, get to uh, join in with us. Why don't you just put your hands together and just say great to have you with us today, Lyndall. And Lyndall and her team have worked with kids like Nong Smart. Nong Smart's just a little boy whose parents both uh, died or separated from him. And he uh, went to live with his grandparents who couldn't afford a decent roof over their head. They uh, They couldn't afford a front door for their house. Because of Lyndall's team, they now have a roof over their head. They have a front door for their house. Nong Smart can go to school. And there's a whole community who's not only heard the good news about Jesus, but they've seen it. Because there's good news for those who find themselves poor. And we're sent across the sea. We're opening new doors for the gospel. It's a privilege to be part of it. Twelve years ago, the Lawal family were sent across the Andaman Sea to Cambodia. They had a dream in their heart to actually see girls rescued from trafficking, from, from slavery, from real imprisonment. Girls like Nita in a, a nation where 50,000 girls are trapped in slavery, rescued at a young age and with no hope and nothing to go to if it wasn't for Bloom. And she came to Bloom and uh, she's got hospitality skills and training and she can now earn an income and she's come to know Jesus and she's become a head trainer. And if you were here at Christmas in 2018, she stood almost exactly in this spot. And it's pretty cool seeing her on one of these cool screens, but it was even better seeing her on this stage in 2018, given her testimony of the way that Jesus has set her free and given her joy and hope and is healing her one day at a time. And just last year, after a long wait, and Bethany's one of those people where God has spoken a word because of a whole bunch of complications with COVID and other things, had to wait for a while to go across the Indian Ocean, across the sea to Kenya, a place where tens of thousands of of kids are living on the streets in slums. I've been there. I'd say it's the worst place I've ever seen young people live. Absolutely terrible. But because of Bethany's ministry with iAfrica, boys like Maniki actually now have hope for the future. They came to, they, he came to them with barely alive and he got medical help. He now has a roof over his head. He's going to school. He's getting an education. He's come to know Jesus. Life is transformed. I know Bethany too is online this morning. It's 2.30 in the morning in Kenya. And unfortunately, Bethany's got COVID. So if you could be praying for Bethany, please pray uh, for Bethany in Kenya right now. We're praying for you, Bethany. We'll keep praying this week that God brings a healing. But I just love, you know, just seeing the young generation step out in faith and make great sacrifices to open new doors for the gospel, to set people free. Put your hands together and just... uh, Thank you, Bethany.
It's such a privilege to support all of our Gateway Beyond workers. I, I wish I had more doors to open. And, but these panels cost a lot of money. And uh, we send a lot of great people, made great sacrifices to actually share the good news of Jesus in places all over the world, to open doors to people living in oppression and sin and shame and slavery and darkness. And the light of Jesus is coming in and transforming their lives and transforming their communities. I really want to encourage you, be praying this week how God's calling you to give to see all of this continue into the future. Be asking God, what does it look like to sow generously in prayer and to sow generously of my finances to open new doors for the gospel? And I just want to encourage you as I finish this morning. If God's not sent you across the sea to set people free, he's sent you across the street. It's the only two options you've got. If you're a follower of Jesus, we're all sent somewhere to reach someone with the good news of Jesus and to see them set free from sin and shame. If he hasn't sent you across the sea, like some of our Gateway Beyond workers we're going to support, he sent you across the street to share good news. I just believe, as I started this morning, this is a season to sow generously of the gospel. Because you've sown generously of your finances in the past, these people you can see on stage have had their lives transformed forever. And they're just a tiny picture, a tiny glimpse representing hundreds of thousands of people who will be in heaven one day. Every nation, every tribe, every language, every people group because of the sacrifice of those who've been sent and the sacrifice of those who have given and so generously. I just believe this is a season to sow generously of the gospel wherever you are. Because if you're not sent across the sea, I want you to stand in a baptistry just like this. In fact, it's just behind this panel. I want you to have the privilege of standing there with someone that you live, work and laugh with as they put their faith in Jesus Christ. Keep sowing generously of the gospel. Don't give up. Sow the seeds of good news wherever you go. If you're not sent across the sea, you are sent across the street. Let's stand together this morning. God, stir in our hearts. Holy Spirit, you're the same Holy Spirit in this church as the church in Antioch. Come and stir come and speak, come and challenge, come and encourage. Give us ears to hear what you're saying to us. Stir up a hunger in us, a hunger for breakthrough. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to invite our pastoral team and our prayer team to come down the front. Some of you yelled out, you know, just what you were hungry to see God break through in what you wanted more than cheesecake, what you're willing to make some sacrifices for to see happen. A bunch of you didn't, you know, didn't feel able to yell out. Maybe for a bunch of you, that prayer has been just growing in your heart, you know, as the services go on, as the service has gone on. I want to encourage you this morning. Our team's down here. They just want to stand with you and pray for breakthrough, whatever it is, whether it's a breakthrough in you, whether it's a breakthrough in your family, whether it's a breakthrough in your community and the way that you're sharing the gospel. Some of you, it's a breakthrough in your business. You started your business to be a blessing to those you employ and those you serve, but also to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. And you want to see a breakthrough. Some of you, it's a breakthrough in your ministry, wherever you're serving. It's a breakthrough in the church. I don't know what, that, that, what you're hungry for. But if you're a follower of Jesus and His Spirit's alive in you, He's putting a hunger in your heart. I just want you to come down this morning. Mark and the team are going to lead us in a song just saying, Jesus, your grace has the power to set us free. And it's true. These guys are just going to stand with you this morning and it's going to pray for a breakthrough. They're going to pray that God will break through in power. That you'd have patience for that breakthrough. You'd stay hungry. You'd pray and fast for that breakthrough. They're going to stand with you, add their faith to you as they pray for that breakthrough. Come on, just start to come. Just, just give them one sentence. Pray for a breakthrough for this person, this situation. Come on, just start to come.
The start mark starts to lead us. Thanks, Mark. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound I saved a wretch like me I once was lost, but now I found Was blind, but now I see Was grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious, dear, that grace appeared. The someone stand with you and pray with you. Come on, let's pray together. If you're in your seat this morning, just come on, just just, just start to pray. God, would you bring breakthrough? God, we see a mighty outpouring of your Spirit. God, we do pray that this morning. God, this morning that you would pour out your Spirit, that you would set us free. God, I pray that you'd set us free from fear and anxiety. As we set our minds and our hearts on things above, you would set us free from fear. You'd set us free from anxiety. You'd set us free from just being embarrassed, that we would share the gospel with boldness. God, we would share your good news wherever you place us. God, set us free today. God, I pray for prodigals to come home. God, I pray for those in families that uh, have been away from you for a long time. And it's kind of like we don't know the words to say anymore. God, would you give us your words as we fast and as we pray. Holy Spirit, come and give us your word of breakthrough. Come and give us your prayer to pray that will break down those hard hearts and those prison walls. God, come and pour out your spirit to give us ears to hear that we might simply do what you lead us to do. We may simply say what you lead us to say. And God, I pray for breakthrough in businesses. I pray for breakthrough in communities. God, I pray for breakthrough in streets. I pray for breakthrough in postcodes. I pray for breakthrough in churches right across our state and across our nation. God, I pray for, for outpouring, for Pentecost outpouring, for an outpouring of your Spirit. God, I pray for it here today in our Mackenzie campus. I pray for all those that are online. I pray for those in every Gateway campus. I pray for every church in our nation that believes in the Scriptures and honours you, Lord Jesus. God, would you pour out your Spirit. God, would you give us faith for breakthrough. God, would you give us a hunger for more of you. God, would you come and do what only you can do. Put faith in our hearts for mountains to move, for chains to be broken, for freedom to come. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, just speak out the name of Jesus this morning. Jesus, you are the one who has power to break chains. Jesus, you are the one who can move mighty mountains. Jesus, you are the one who has overcome death. You are the one who has defeated sin. You are the one who breaks our heart for those that are breaking, for those that are broken, for those that are hurting in our community. God, 
May your compassion in our heart move us to action. That we would be your hands and feet in this community and that many would come home. Come on, if you want to see a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit, that many would come home to know Jesus. Can I hear a loud amen this morning? Come on, I want to hear an amen and an amen and an amen. Just put your hands together and just say, Jesus, you are the King, King of kings and Lord of lords, the Redeemer and healer, the one who sets us free. Come on, let's declare it together. Chains are gone. My chains are gone. I've been set free. My God, my Savior has risen. of you just say hey I want someone to stand with me and believe for breakthrough really encourage you be back here next Sunday it's one of the great Sundays in our church as we make a generous commitment to see the gospel go beyond our walls see more people come home have their lives changed by Jesus it's always an exciting Sunday make sure you're here and celebrate together all that God is doing If you'd love uh, someone to pray for you, just come to the front right now. God bless you. See you next Sunday. We hope you've been blessed by this message. If we can pray for you or you would like to take a further step in your relationship with Jesus, we would love to connect with you. Please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au and click on Get Connected to let us know.